Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke and Henry. We'll be here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to those of you listening on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and those of you that listen to the podcast later. We are grateful for all of our listeners and viewers and want you to engage with us today as we recap the the NFL weekend, Ryder Cup, college football, a lot going on in the world of sports with with the NBA media days taking place. And and so that's around the corner. Uh, I've interviewed a couple of college basketball coaches lately on the podcast. And so college basketball is coming up quick. So what a wonderful time of year. Uh, It's also my birthday on Wednesday. So I love September, October. Let's go. Uh, We're going to the pumpkin patch coming up. Uh, And then throw in a wedding this past weekend. I just got back from a a big wedding weekend down in Georgia. And I'll get into that uh, much more uh, on today's show. Uh, During Unpack This, our segment where we unpack sports from a, a faith perspective and parallel something going on in the sports world and how it relates to our own lives. I want to talk about NFL doubt. What doubts do we have on this Monday afternoon following the NFL weekend? And, and, and how do we deal with doubt and doubts in our own lives? And, and, and what about when we doubt our faith and doubt God's love for us? What, what do we do? How do we respond? Uh, so we'll unpack that today. And then also we'll do I'm convinced. And we want to know what you're convinced of today in the world of sports. What are you convinced of? Uh, before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Support them as they support us. Luke, how was the weekend? USA Ryder Cup team wins. I know you're fired up about that. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. You are right. Ryder Cup victory. We are victorious. We are the champions. (laughs) Huge dub. Record-setting victory. Uh, So the weekend was excellent what a tease i am very intrigued about this wedding story so whenever (laughs) we get into it on this episode i'm probably going to have a litany of questions and remarks so i'm very excited for that story all right so yeah people you know some people tune in for our our sports talk some enjoy the the faith talk and some love the the breakdown of weddings so we we, we provide it all we get, we get into the observations of life on this show as well. Sports, faith, and life. All three. The trifecta. That's it. That's it. So we'll, we'll do tap drill a little bit later with Henry uh, as well. Uh, big Monday night game tonight with, with Dallas and Philadelphia. Very intriguing. Just because those teams are always intriguing. And, of course, Luke, a Dallas Cowboys fan. So we'll get his thoughts on, on the game uh, in a little bit as well. All right, Luke. Why don't you get us started with, with what you're convinced of today? So... This is low-hanging fruit, but it must be said, I'm convinced this is the greatest American Ryder Cup team that has ever been assembled. And 
there's numerous stats I can go to, including it's a record-setting victory. No Ryder Cup team since uh, Britain and continental Europe joined, which was in 1979. It used to be American versus Amer- uh, U.S. versus England. 79, they joined. So since 1979, this is the highest. No one's ever gotten to 19 points. Europe had gotten to 18 and a half points twice. So it's a, it's a record win. 10-point victory. It wasn't even close. The Americans won every session, which is the first time they've ever done that. And so those stats are enough to prove that this is the greatest American Ryder Cup team ever. But the intangibles. This team, it's like the dream team in basketball. These, these guys are friends, and they referred to it numerous occasions. They've all grown up playing golf together. They've known each other since grade school, since high school, playing junior uh, junior golf together growing up. They all know each other. We are finally past the Phil and Tiger era, mm. which was an interesting era. Those guys, major alpha dogs, and there was a huge power vacuum. And now it's a, officially a new generation where Dustin Johnson's the oldest golfer. All these guys are younger in their early to, to mid to late 20s. It's by far the best American Ryder Cup team assembled talent-wise, uh, the team unity-wise. They went out and performed. They dominated. And now we've got, at minimum, a next decade of potential Ryder Cup greatness. So that's what I'm convinced of. It is low-hanging fruit because I think it's somewhat obvious, but it needed to be said on record on the Unpacking It Live podcast. <laughs> to me, the, the domination from really start to finish was, was most impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it, we're talking about doubts today. Was it ever in doubt? I don't think it was. It was so impressive. So uh, got to give USA a ton of love and, uh, and well said by Luke. So, so excited about that. Uh, I'm waiting to get the full update on uh, one of our loyal listeners, Brady, who was there. Oh, so, that's uh, right. He fired up. He's also an NC State fan, so he had like the weekend of his wow. life. So, yeah, seriously. Um, so I, I texted him, so I'm waiting, waiting to get some updates from him. But all right, so uh, I, I got so much I'm convinced of today. <laughs> but but let me let me start with this. I, I'm convinced driving on a Sunday afternoon in the fall is not what I want to be doing. Brutal. You know what I want to be doing on Sunday afternoon? I want to yeah. be in my man cave, in my recliner, watching right. the Red Zone channel with two different games on TV number two and three. Oh, yeah. So, you know what I was doing yesterday, driving back from the wedding, which I'll discuss, but I was flipping through the radio dial. Now, for those of you that, that you know, watch this on Facebook Live and listen to the podcast, I am a true radio guy. I love radio. I got, I got a, a taste of it in eighth grade. I went to college to study radio. I was on the radio uh, for many years and love radio. And, yep. and we're looking to, we've got some other opportunities coming up, but, um, but I still love podcasting now. Anyway, I love the radio. I love the sound of radio. I love, I love everything about it. You, you, you find a channel. Uh, I love the static, the, the hearing of the static. Like, oh, yeah. All of it. So here I was yesterday, though. It was like I was back in time. I was back in radio, radio land. <laughs> And all the old, like, stations that I've maybe been aware of over the years, I'm like, all right, what sports station? So I was down in Georgia. So I'm driving back from Georgia to North Carolina trying to find games. But guess what games I, I was able to pull up on the radio? 
Ooh, the, the Atlanta Falcons Ooh. and the New York Giants. Oh, I mean, it's just torture. So I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to the. I'm like I'm kind of getting into it because it was actually a close game. It came down to the wire, and poor Henry, his his New York Giants team lose to the very sad, sorry Atlanta Falcons. They somehow pulled it out, and um, so I'm I'm listening to it, and but it was fun because one of the guy, the, the play by play guy, is West Durham, and so. Uh, years ago, West Durham was on my radio show in Charlotte, so a real nice guy. So it was fun to listen to him. And then West Durham's dad, Woody Durham, is the famous UNC Chapel Hill uh, voice of the Tar Heels. Legends. Um, so, so anyway, so uh, yeah, radio guy was fun. Um, and then I, I was able to find another station as I drove up a little bit closer. Actually, I don't even know how I got it. Oh, I know why. Because it was the Clemson station. All of a sudden, I'm listening to Clemson radio. It's like Roar Radio. And guess what huh. NFL game they were carrying? They're carrying Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? So I'm getting the Arizona-Jacksonville game huh. on the radio. Now, some of you may be listening now, and you go, why wouldn't you just stream your phone and you can listen to any game you want? You know, that's a great idea, but guess what? I don't have unlimited data. Mm. And then you might say, well, why don't you have unlimited data? Doesn't everybody have unlimited data? Well, that costs money. <laughs> I pay for red zone. I, I you know, right. I splurge for the red zone. I've got three TVs. I can't be paying for unlimited data as well. That's right. I'm a ministry guy. What are we doing here? You have so, invested. You have invested in a great home court advantage yes. for viewership. But away games are tough for you. Being I driving was, on the road, it's tough. I was struggling. I was having a tough time. So I, I called my brother in desperation at one point. I called my dad. So she's like, oh, tell me what's going on. What am I missing? What am I missing? Um, so anyway, so I, I'm, I don't even know what I was convinced of. Oh, I want to be, I want to be in my man cave. So I'm looking That's forward right. to, uh, to get You're back in the wrong driver's cave. seat. The driver's seat you want to be in is your recliner. That's yeah. the driver's seat you want to be in. I need to be working the clickers, not the, the tuner on the radio dial. I, 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 I can't Ooh, be doing that. Clicker. I, I just got to, just got to respond here. You call it a clicker. It's a clicker. What do you go with? Remote. Remote. Well, it's, it's not a remote. remote island. It's not a remote island. <laughs> it's remote. It's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. That's right. A remote I, I, part of town. It's a I clicker. Don't know. It's the remote. Or, or you could throw in option C. Just call it a universal. Yeah, I just got to gotta, – I'm, I'm uh, playing with the universal. Universal. Never called, oh, yeah. Universal. Universal Studios. We got the universe. I mean, Ooh. it's a okay. It's a simple okay. Clicker. We've got a we got controller. Controller's one uh, option. Video games. That's a controller video <laughs> game. I was just telling Maddie about the clicker today. My two year old. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I feel I'm very confident in clicker. Um, Interesting. I don't remember, actually, I may have converted Jody, my wife, on that. I forget what she called it coming into marriage but we are a clicker household interesting and that will uh that will remain so maybe that maybe that's regional at least in uh in dfw if you're from dfw feel free to correct me on this but i didn't grow up with anyone calling it a clicker so maybe, maybe it's an east coast thing but in in dallas fort worth i never heard anyone call it a clicker so if you're from dallas fort worth and you have you're a passionate uh, passionate support of calling it a clicker Please reach out to me because <laughs> I'm not enlightened to that. Yeah. All right. It's, it's a fair, it's a fair question. It, it is a, it is a debate because I know that it's not universal that everyone calls it a clicker or a remote. Uh, I do know, I do know that much. Um, all right. So a, a couple of the, I, thankfully I, I was able to, to get home and, and I saw the, the Packers 49ers game 
uh, which ended up being an, an awesome game. So I do have some takeaways uh, from that. The, the fact that the Lions lost the way they did, it truly is devastating. And so the, the question I have for us today, you know, what fan bases do you really feel bad for? Yeah. And here's, here's the caveat. Who aren't annoying fan bases. So Fair. I find D- Detroit Lions fans to be reasonable. Good friend of mine, Greg, diehard fan. And I feel bad for Greg today. Like, I, like I, I, you know, that was just a tough loss. Like, it's, it's cool. And, like, Harbaugh was happy that the Ravens won. But you can see the look on his face. It's like, ah, yeah, that was a lucky one. We don't deserve that. The yeah. Lions played tough. And the Lions have played tough all season. And, and so that was the one that they really needed. Because I, I think Dan Campbell has, has come in and they've taken on his personality as, as the head coach. And they're playing tough. They're in games. They're, you know, grinding it out. And, and I wanted to see them win that. So I was, I was bummed by that. So I'd yeah. love to, to get some feedback from those of you listening right now. Uh, what fan bases do you actually feel bad for? Uh, not just today, but just in general yeah. for their, their history, their legacy. And I think I've said this before, but I like the Lions, and I, I just have a soft spot for the Lions, and I think it's because of Thanksgiving. So that's why. So I, I root for them. I find myself always just kind of liking when they win versus when they lose uh, or rooting for them to lose. I think this is an incredible topic, and it's worth really diving into. I agree with the Lions. One, for any team to lose on a 66-yard field goal, that is absolutely absurd. Absolutely. Because I can understand, oh, lost on a 59-yarder, lost on a 57-yarder. Oh, well, what are you going to do? 66 yards, the fact that they they rolled out the field goal unit and didn't go the Hail Mary route, well, most, te- most teams are not rolling out the field goal unit because it's it's impossible. So one... Is Justin Tucker not the greatest kicker of all time? I, I feel like he's he's continuing to prove accuracy. Now he drills a sixty-six yarder, but yes, did he he won one Super Bowl when they beat San Francisco? Yeah, he was the he was the kicker there. Can we yeah, confirm he's, that? He's been he's been there for a long time. Because our boy Matt Stover has been on our show. Um, I know that he won with Baltimore, but he must have won the one that when they beat the Giants. So I, I guess Tucker was there, but anyway, but yeah, to me, if, to be the greatest, you definitely have to have a Super Bowl. You gotta, you gotta have to have some big time kicks. Yeah, and man, Justin Tucker, goodness gracious! But yeah, for for Lions fans, I don't think it's possible for them to be annoying because they're not one of those fan bases where you lose every year, but they come in hot from the off season saying, "Oh yeah, we're winning." Like no. They don't set crazy expectations. It's just suffering, suffering every (laughs) single year. And for them to be the team to lose on a 66-yarder, I mean, goodness gracious. And and then to waste talent, to have Calvin Johnson, Stafford, Barry Sanders, these legends of the game. Well, Stafford legend, I don't know. But Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. I mean, oh, to be a Detroit fan, Lions fan, I wouldn't go the Pistons route, but to be a Lions fan... Oh, just so disappointing. I think a team that I feel I really feel bad for and who are not annoying, the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> this, to be a Kings fan. The question is, do you know a fan of the Kings? Fair, be, this, this is why I feel bad for them because they're so irrelevant. The irrelevance factor of the Kings, you know you're never going to land a free agent. You know that the only route to be good is to build through the draft. You have the the conspiracy of the finals against the Lakers, 
which is just <laughs> I, if you dive into that, that can be frustrating. I'm a Lakers fan, so I don't like that. But yeah, so but to be a Kings fan because they don't set high expectations, it's just they get punched in the face every single year. It feels like, and and then to miss out on their really good teams to not get a championship out of that, at least for Mavs fans, we got a championship out of the in 2011. So the years after 2011, when it's just brutality, and then to and then 06 to lose in heartbreaking fashion to get a championship, you feel better. Mavs fans are easy to pity, but to be a Kings fan, to be irrelevant, there's not a championship to fall back on. Oh, I just feel so bad for them. So I think Browns fans, like it's it's fair to consider them. But I, I got a lot of buddies that are Browns fans, and, and I love those guys. But they can be annoying in their fandom because they complain a lot about the losing. Like, Lions fans, to me, it's just not the same level of complaining. Now, speaking of the Browns, the Browns are for real. The Browns, the, now the Browns handled the, the Bears and all the talk today, which we'll, we'll discuss as well, you know, why Justin Fields didn't play well, the, the, the desire to fire Matt Nagy and, and all that. Nagy, 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 Nagy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nagy, Nagy, Matt Nagy. Uh, get rid of Matt Nagy. We don't want Nagy here anymore. Um, so, but, but I just think, I think Browns fans now, they're, they're, they've hyped themselves up the last few years. So, yeah. so they've, they've gone down the annoying channel a little bit more so than Lions fans. So, and then Bengals. Uh, yeah, Bengals. Got to talk Bengals. This is an interesting one. Bengals fans, um, what it's been like fifteen years since a playoff win. I don't. I don't think Bengals fans are annoying. No, I don't think they are either. I've I've got two guys I can think of. Yeah, they're they're not too bad. Bengals fans are okay, but I don't think they've had the like depth of despair that the exactly. Lions have. It's just so it's a little different. It's just, yeah. It's just years and years and years of slightly below mediocrity. It's yeah. not. It's not gut wrenching losses. And it's not the thought of, oh, man, we really wasted all this talent. Well, uh, well, A.J. Green and Andy Dahl was okay, but... To the level of of having a Calvin Johnson and Stafford? To me, A.J. Green wasn't far behind Calvin Johnson when when he was at his peak. That's fair. A.J. Green got a lot of injuries and kind of has fizzled off, but then he's done okay in Arizona this year. Yeah. but uh, but yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting topic. What fans got a, that for? I've got two more to shout out. I've got to shout out the entire state of Georgia for recent recent gut wrenching losses. I feel I, I feel bad for Falcons fans. I don't think Falcons fans are annoying, but to lose the way they did against the Patriots, and then if you're living in the state of Georgia and you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. To lose to Bama in the national championship in that way, bring Bama brings Tua off the bench to win it in overtime. I just I feel bad for if you are a Georgia Bulldog fan and a Falcon fan to have those losses within a a short time period. That must have been brutal. All right, so let me uh, let me give you my perspective on this. So having lived in Charlotte, Atlanta is a huge rival of ours. And they come to Panthers games and are extremely annoying. So Falcons fans are, oh my goodness, annoying, especially during the Michael Vick year years hmm. um, when that was a rivalry. We, and we Panthers would lose a lot to the Falcons, so it was brutal at home games. And I would probably go to the games more often than um, 
because now I'm in the man cave, but uh, I didn't have a man cave back then. So, um, so the Falcons fans were brutal then. And then I've been to a Georgia game and I found, so Georgia, the experience was awesome. It was an awesome game to be at, but the fans, I got, I got stuck in a crowd, like waiting to get into the stadium and the fans that I was around. So I'm not going to blank a blanket statement, but the fans that I got stuck near trying to get into the stadium were very annoyed. They were very annoyed and it was very hot and it was not pleasant, but interesting. And, yeah. and my last one is just, I, I had to think of a team who's really bad, but I don't feel bad for. And that's Cleveland Cavaliers fans. I have no pity for Cavs fans because of just erratic fandom. To like, I don't feel bad that LeBron left Cleveland twice. <laughs> They're out here burning jerseys. If you are a jersey burner, you have lost all credibility of I should feel bad for you. Yeah. There's just no – I cannot feel bad for a jersey burner. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yes. No, I'm with you on that. So I don't, yeah, I don't feel bad for Cavs fans. They got, they got themselves a championship uh, and they got to experience LeBron for a number of years, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, we'll get serious here. And <laughs> well, let, let's talk about uh, this unpack this topic for today. And so we send out a devotional Monday, Wednesday, Friday, takes a sports story relates it to the Bible and our own lives. So today I want to talk about doubt and as NFL fans, we ride the roller coaster week in, week out, the reaction, overreaction, Mondays, and all that sort of thing. But oftentimes, we get filled with doubt about certain players and certain teams following a loss. And, and so today, kind of a, a general consensus, we doubt that Mike Tomlin will continue his streak of non-losing seasons to start a career and that it's going to end at 14, season, or 14 straight seasons because the Steelers are in big trouble. Mm. We, we've got, we doubt that Ben Roethlisberger is going to turn it around. We doubt that they, they have the offensive line that's going to protect him. Uh, we doubt that they have a, a good enough backup to come in and, and change things. Yeah. Um, I've got another perspective on that that we'll get to in a little bit on the, on the Steelers. But uh, the other thing that we doubt, and I'm starting to fall into this because I came into the season very hot on the Colts, but I'm starting to doubt that Carson Wentz is going to turn them around. At mm. least there's going to be enough time to turn it around this season, going 0-3. They needed to win that game yesterday against the Titans. Um, and, you know, he's playing banged up, and, and they're just not, they're not clicking. And so it's, there's a lot of doubt creeping in in, in Indy. Um, we also doubt that, that Washington's defense is as tough as we thought it was going to be. They give up 43 points to the Bills. Whoa, what's going on? So there's some mm. doubt there. Um, we also doubt that the Chiefs are unstoppable. <laughs> they're not as unstoppable as they once were as they fell to the Chargers yesterday, and now they're one and two to start the season. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very perplexing. Yeah, they just they don't have that same uh, off factor uh, in that with the with that offense. Yeah. Um, now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire played better yesterday with 100 yards, uh, which was important, I think, for them. Um, so, so, so anyway, so a lot of a lot of different you know concerns and, and doubt that, that that creep in. Now, on the flip side, after some wins. Here are the doubts that no longer seem prevalent. We no longer doubt that the crazy offseason that Aaron Rodgers had is going to derail the Packers season. Mm -hmm. So whatever doubt we had after week one, that doubt is gone, right? Yeah. Another clutch win, uh, incredible performance, you know, just pulling, pulling out the victory against the Niners. Nobody doubts the difference that Matthew Stafford's going to make at quarterback. Like, remember, there was some doubt, like, well, is Stafford really that good? Is he going to make a difference in yeah. L.A.? Like, is he much better than Jared Goff? Yeah. I think through three weeks, 
there's a difference there. Certainly. This is a legitimate... Now, golf took the team to the Super Bowl, so I, I don't think it's you have to pile on yeah. golf. Yeah, it's not so much degrading golf. It's more so elevating Stafford. Yes, and that, and I think it's fair to say Stafford is better than golf, especially at this point in his career. Yeah. And so he makes the Rams better, and he's a better fit. And what he, him and Cooper Cup are doing. And, and so Cooper Cup, man. Goodness. Whew, two fantasy leagues, baby. Let's go. I've already got people texting me want trades. Um, so <laughs> the doubt, uh, you know, kind of gone away for Stafford. And then also, I think the doubts surrounding Derek Carr. We talked about this on last week's show. I'm all in on Carr. I'm still not all in on the, the Raiders. They barely squeaked it out against the, the Dolphins, but they are three and zero, so that's good. But the doubts about Carr, because there there were plenty of doubts about him that he was the franchise guy yeah. and they should move on from him. I think at this point those doubts have gone away. Mm-hmm. All right, so doubts come and go throughout the NFL season, and 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 you know when doubts creep in, though, here's the thing that we have to to do. Fans have to remember the truth about coaches and players. And yep. so when I think about the Steelers in particular, we, we can't get too dramatic. It's only three games because the, the Steelers over the years, even the years that we've had doubts, Mike Tomlin always finds a way to turn this season around mm-hmm. or to finish strong. And some of those teams that, that struggle that at times they, he got the most out of them. He yep. made the right adjustments. We've seen this before. Um, same with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Like we go down that path in, in years past. We've had the doubts about about Rodgers, and then they they bounce back and, and they're fine. And and so we have to look at the, the the history, and we have to remember you know the truth about the coaches and the and the players that we may have doubts about. Um, and just remember last year when we doubted Tom Brady and the Bucks. I, I was one yeah, of them. I doubted doubt, and I was doubting Gronk. Long. Doubting if Gronk has anything left. In yes, the bank. yes. So, so of course, you know, some doubts, they will play out, you know, in a way that, that we were afraid they would. Uh, but we also, even when that happens, we have to realize that it doesn't mean that we totally give up or stop believing, you know, in our team completely, um, unless you're a Lions fan. Um, but other than that, like, you still stick to your team, and, and, and so the doubts may come and go, but you still stay loyal and committed to, to your favorite team. Um, and so do the Lions fans. Um, but here, here's the, the, the correlation to our own lives. You know, many of us today, you know, we're filled with our own sets of, of doubts, and, and that may be about life, it may be about God, it may be about relationships, our, our abilities, the future. You know, doubt comes and goes. It's, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a part of life. We're, we're flawed humans, and, and doubt is going to creep in, and, and life is hard. And, and sometimes it does feel like a roller coaster, like the, the, the season in the NFL. And so it's not surprising when we doubt that, that things are going to get better or that God really loves us or that we're capable of doing anything significant. Yeah. And, and although we may have these moments or, or seasons of doubt, we must remember the truth about God, about his word, and we have to look back at the history that shows us his faithfulness. Hmm. And, and we have to look back at his goodness. And, and the impact on our lives, it's evident. We just have to, we have to look for it, but oftentimes the doubt takes over. And so that's what we start thinking. We allow, we allow the doubt to, to dominate our thoughts. But when we start looking around and, and remind ourselves of his faithfulness, his impact, his goodness, the way that he's moved in our lives, uh, the doubt starts to go away. And, and then the other thing that, that always comes back to is how much he loves us was shown on the cross. And so mm-hmm. some days when things aren't going our way and we're like, man, does God really love me? 
yeah, he loves us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross and he rose again that's so that right. we can be saved and have eternal life. Yep. So that the period, that's the love that we have. So, so, so we have to go back to that and that's our anchor and that's what we cling to. And so even when, when, when doubts following disappointments, you know, do uh, take over or, or sneak in for, for a while, um, it doesn't mean that, that we totally you know, give up on God or, or completely you know, stop believing in him and, and, mm-hmm. and his love and his faithfulness. We may question here or there and, and have some, some moments of, of insecurity and, and questioning, but, but we go back to the cross and we go back to his love and his goodness and his faithfulness. Yeah. Um, and, and so part of that process, too, just some verses to, to, to bring this home and encourage us today. Um, I think Psalm 46.10 where it says, be still and know, recognize and understand that I am God. So we have to go back to, okay, who is God? And, and, and start there and, and, and remember his, his, his character and his power and, and his love. Uh, and then Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And, and so we cling to the, to the promises of God and, and in, his, in, in Scripture, and, and we, we rely on those because he is trustworthy, and he always has been, and he always will uh, will be. And then we also have to remember in, in 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, true to yes, his word Lord. and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. And so just because we doubt and just because we're faithless, he, for one, he can handle it and his, and his character remains the, the same and he's always faithful. Yep. Um, and then uh, one more, when, when Moses told Joshua uh, in Deuteronomy, he says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And so I think that could be an encouragement to us uh, as well today. So you can unpack that. Uh, we, we're going to have doubt. And so what are we going to do with that doubt? Yeah. And, and, and how are we going to respond to the doubt? Mm-hmm. Luke, jump on in. I think uh, you've said it very well. Um, yeah, first, acknowledging the doubt is real. <clears throat> I think it's easy. I've <clears throat> certainly experienced doubt. It's pretty much routine for me. I think just the way, um, as I've looked back on my relationship with God, for some reason, it's easier for me to doubt um, God's existence. It's easy for me to doubt um, things I can't see. And so that's a that's an ongoing struggle that I really have to rely on on God for. God, give me the grace to believe. Give me the grace um, to trust who you say you are, what you say about you. Um, And it's been really awesome to rely on God for that. So for those who experience doubt, it's easy to go to a place of self-condemnation on, oh, how could I doubt God? Oh, I must be, oh, I must not be saved, or I must, I'm horrible for doubting God. Doubt is real. And a lot of people experience it, but when you're in the midst of it, it can feel like you're the only one who experiences doubt. Because mm. especially when you see things on social media, people making these long posts on their there's intimacy with, with God, and it's like, oh, wow, I want that. Those people also may experience doubt. Mm. Like, I experience intimacy with God, but I also experience doubt. Mm. So, one, I just want to say that on don't condemn yourself mm. when you experience waves of doubt. Mm. Um, and then the next thing is remember the past. I think a lot of things in a lot of Christian circles to say, oh, well, 
You've been saved. The past is worthless. Don't think about the past. In one sense, yes. I'm not defined by my past sin. In the past prior to being in a relationship with God, of course, I'm moving forward, advancing, and I'm being sanctified by the Spirit. I'm growing in intimacy with God. But remember the past in God's faithfulness. Just like you're talking about, especially in, in for all of us fantasy football players, if you've had a player struggling to start the season, I think of a guy like George Kittle. I have him on my fantasy team. He had a nice week this week, but the first two weeks, kind of a snoozer. Hmm. I have to remember, hey, George Kittle's a good player. That's it's right. Gonna, it's going to average out. And when we doubt God, especially when we're going through difficult things, oh, does God love us? Is God here? Is God faithful? How could God let this happen? Dwell, remember on God's previous faithfulness. Where do we do that? Primarily God's Word. We see, and you read through Joshua and Judges, God routinely introduces himself as, I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Remember this, Israel. I did this. I brought you out of Egypt. Remember my faithfulness. Because life is really hard. So how can we look back and remember God's faithfulness in our own lives? It's so easy to ask God for things, and then we never thank him for mm-hmm. answering prayers. I do this in my end I'll uh, ask God for something. The prayer may be answered in a different way than I thought, or it will be answered, or I'm, God allows me to get through something, and I forget to thank him. Mm. And then I experience hard things, and it's, oh, God, where are you? And thankfully, God, in his grace and through other people encouraging me, has reminded me, look, look back on God's faithfulness and be reminded on who he is, and it's so you can remove yourself from tr- the temptation to buy into God's not real, God's not here, he's not faithful. He is. We just have to dwell back and remember on his previous faithfulness as encouragement going forward because he will remain faithful. Um, Amen. So that, yeah, my two things. Doubt's That's real, good. and remember God's faithfulness in the past. And 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 when when we do have doubt for us to turn to him not away from him and yes. oh i got this doubt so i'm going to kind of go and you know, no no run toward him with our doubts with our questions with our concerns exactly and, exactly and, and let him speak to us and 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 show show us in his word and speak through other people to us to help us in those doubts because he yes. he's got truth to to respond to those doubts that's that's exactly. the encouragement that we have exactly um, it's there's a temptation to you experience doubt. I know I've experienced this, and my first thought is, okay, let me kind of clean up this doubt. Let me let me get over the doubt, and then I'll go to God again once I have strong faith. That is just totally wrong. When you experience doubt, tell God, God, I'm experiencing doubt. I need your grace. It, over and over again, it's so easy to think, let me clean myself up, then go to God. That's just not how it works. God saved us even though we were sinners. Christ Jesus died for us, as Romans 5 talks about. We're sinners. Christ died for us. When we've been saved, hey, we still sin. Continue to approach God in confidence and tell him, hey, I am struggling with this. I'm experiencing doubt. Not, Don't buy into the temptation to have to clean yourself up and then approach God, because that will only lead to more doubt, because even things like doubt, it's hard to get over by yourself. You need God's grace. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, what will we do when the doubts come? Turn turn to Jesus and, and turn to, to God's Word. So, 
Hopefully that's encouraging to, to all of us today because, uh, you know, on Monday we got a lot of doubts about NFL teams and players, but but I know many of us uh, experience doubts in our own lives as well. So I, I hope that we can begin the, begin the week in courage, knowing that we're loved and, and that God's been faithful and good. Just got to kind of look around and be reminded of it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into a couple of the other NFL stories, and, and, and then I can't wait to uh, – get some of your uh, response to my wedding shenanigans yes. from, uh, from the weekend. Uh, but last week on the show, I went all in on wanting the Bucks to go undefeated, believing they could do it, believing that they wanted to do it, that they should want to do it. And then they lost to the Rams. So my, my bigger takeaway is that the Rams are really legit. And, and so I was all in on the Rams anyway. This was a, a, major confirming or major confirmation of that, I guess, by, by knocking off the bucks. It is only week three, but, uh, but that was big. And, and now at least the bucks don't have that hanging over them. Cause in some ways it might, you know, it might've been a distraction throughout the year. Are they going to go undefeated? So now I don't worry about that. They're still good. They're going to be fine. Tom Brady was still one of the best quarterbacks yesterday. Uh, if not the best quarterback yesterday, so, so he was he was solid. The, the defense kind of let them down a little bit, and they're a little banged up. And and the Rams mm. played really well. Um, so they'll both be there. We'll we'll talk about the the Patriots Bucks coming up with Henry during tap drill. But I cannot wait. It's Monday. I can't wait for Brady to return. It's going to be fantastic. So <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, and then I was highly anticipating Justin Fields playing for Chicago. And now that we saw what we saw. Uh, well, for those of you that got to watch and enjoy the game, I was uh, on the radio trying to find something, but I got to listen to yeah. the Jacksonville, Arizona game. So yeah, so I was great. I'll break down that game. Um, but no, th- to me, the concern that guys like Mike Wilbon had and bears fans that the bears didn't have the offensive line needed, that they weren't set up for fields to really thrive. And so that kind of is what we saw. Hmm. And to me, the indecisiveness of Matt Nagy Na- 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 is what drives me nuts. It's it's be confident in what you're doing as a head coach, but there is no confidence because he. I don't think he's a confident head coach, and nobody has confidence in him. Because I, even today, I was reading. It's like, all right, is it going to be Fields? Is it going to be? It might be Nick Foles. Nick Foles might start this week, or is it going to be Andy Dalton? And and part of that is injury concerns and not knowing who's going to be healthy, but. Even before that, it was just that it's just this back and forth. He doesn't have control of that locker room, and it's just a bad situation. And Dan Orlovsky on ESPN today, he like came out really passionately, fire Matt Nagy. That was the worst game plan. They didn't set up uh, Justin Fields to to succeed, hmm. and 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 that's a fair observation as well. I'm just not sure that midway through the season, that's always that always works out for the best. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I, gotta, I was disappointed they didn't play better. I've got a couple questions for you. First one is, uh, have you looked in the mirror? Have you Has your opinion on the Vikings changed? After starting 0-2, you said, I'm not really sure about the Vikings. No Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. which I think, did you pick up? The Vikings backup running back. I was in the Madison. I'm always on the Madison train. <laughs> yes. That's right. You're, 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 you're just a waiver wire machine. But... I love backup beating, running backs. Beating Seattle, has your opinion on Minnesota changed? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, they've been in games. My, my big concern, kind of like with Nagy, is that Zimmer is is kind of a lame duck coach. That there, There's not a full buy on, buy-in with him, and, and is the team really you know just behind him? 
I was getting that vibe. And and I also, I'm not sure that Kirk Cousins, I think he's a a, a good to sometimes really good quarterback. There's, there's no denying it. His numbers are strong, but he's still always that guy that I have doubts about, right? I just, back to the doubts. Yeah, that he can win games and, and, and be consistent. And and well, he doesn't really win the marquee games. And that continues to be his thing. Um, so I don't think they're going to be better than the Packers. And no, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced No, that my answer is no, I'm not convinced. And what I would take away from Seattle losing is that Seattle might be in trouble because mm. someone in that division is going to have to be the bottom of that that division. That's true. And the Cardinals, they don't look to be that team. And it's a really good division. And so you got the Cardinals, the 49ers lost last night, which we'll talk about Arizona and Seattle. So the Cardinals, 49ers. Oh, the Rams. So of course the Rams are the best. Yeah. Um, So Seattle, like at some point, the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson thing, isn't going to work out. They, they ran it back this year and it's gotten off to a eh, kind of a slow, eh, okay start. And then you lose to the Vikings. To me, the, the, the concern is on them versus me jumping on the, the Vikings bandwagon, if that's if that's fair. So that's interesting. What it was only a few years ago where the winner of that division had a losing record. Right? True. Like that's that was right. the worst division in football. I know. And that's now the NFL. Is it the best? I don't know. My my other question is does it seem that the Jets are actually clearly the worst team in the NFL this year? Going into the season. It was kind of a race. Is it going to be Jacksonville or Houston with the number one pick? Mm-hmm. The Jets, man. Oh, atrocious, hopeless. Zero points. I, I, I know. I know Denver's three and zero, but a goose egg. We we talked last week. Zero points in an NFL game, like when Miami put up a goose egg. Yeah, that's really hard to do. That it, happens like once or twice a season. Yeah, no, I don't I, know. It's I, no, it's the bad. Jets, the Jets are really, really, really bad. Like there's, it's it's a nightmare there. So, and it's going to be years before they ha- even could turn it around. So, yeah, yeah. And then with Jacksonville, they're 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 a team that there is enough offensive talent and you know some good receivers. James Robinson's a good running back. Trevor Lawrence, there, there is yeah. talent there. There's there's a reason he was the number one pick. Yeah. But I still, my opinion hasn't changed with that Urban Meyer. It's just not going to work out. It's not it's not going to be a successful endeavor there. Yeah. Um, okay, I do have another question. And this one hits home a little bit. What is going on in Indianapolis? I know I don't know if you want to answer this question because it's going to be difficult <laughs> because I know you love the Colts. Uh I still owe you this football or uh one of these helmets, both signed by Eric Dickerson. Shout out to the Charlotte Touchdown Club. You took me. I walk away, I walk away with the first two auction items i've ever walked away with just raffle items i come out with both of them and you're thinking why did i bring this guy yeah so luke <laughs> wins both of them and i'm thinking to myself all right he's interning and you know he's working hard and it's like oh that's nice i took him to the, this nice lunch eric dickerson was the speaker we got to meet him afterward but but luke wins not one but two raffle items and i thought all right I, you know i've been a nice boss to him this summer give him this opportunity <laughs> to come hang out with unpacking it <laughs> He's going to at least give me one of the items and he can even choose. He can keep the football or the helmet, but he's going to, he'll leave one behind. No, 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 no. Summer came, wraps up the internship, you know, a nice little token of appreciation. Here's, here's yeah. your Eric Dickerson ball, which I would have preferred. Uh, nope. He took both. 
and I'm I'm left with crumbs from his desk that I had to clean up. So, so thanks a lot because he ate his lunch at his desk. Thanks a lot. Would have been nice. Would've oh, been the nice. remnants of my of my my uh, ham and mayonnaise sandwiches. Um, yeah. And then the the my generous boss Bryce sends me a signed Amari Cooper football for my birthday last year, and I still have yet to return the favor. That's right. So he is building up a tab where whatever I give to him <laughs> is going to have to be the most generous gift of all time. But uh, that's right. Anyway, let me hear let me hear your appraisal on Indianapolis. Is it is it Wentz? Is it I don't know what it is. So uh, there is a lot of doubt. I think it's fair. There's plenty of concern. The the fact that Jonathan Taylor isn't running the ball well and effectively is the number one concern. Now, Naeem Hines had a nice game yesterday, but they're going to have to rely on the run game, and Jonathan Taylor has the talent. He showed it last year, and it's just not getting going. I, I think a number of injuries have been a factor. You know, T.Y. Hilton's out and, and across the line and a couple yep. defensive players here and there. So they've got injuries. And, of course, Wentz is, is banged up. You, you don't like playing injured quarterbacks, especially guys like Wentz who have had the injury history. You know, mm-hmm. guys like Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, like over the years, like they always played with injuries. Like that was just kind of part of who they were, and that, yep. was, that was the deal. Now Roethlisberger has missed time over, over, year, over the years as well. But, but really known for being hard. really tough. But yeah, really but tough. The guys have played played through things, but Wentz, it's just some of the the stigmas that that he had that he developed in Philly, unfortunately, have have stayed with him, and he hasn't been able able to overcome it. And he just got off to such a bad start because he got hurt in training camp. Yeah, so you didn't get all the reps that that you wanted a new quarterback to have. Um, you know, whereas Matthew Stafford's out in L.A. getting all the reps during the during the off season, didn't even need preseason training camp. He fit in well. Boom. They picked up, uh, started the season, the Rams. As soon as they kicked off, they're, they're ready to roll. And now they're 3-0. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the hope in Indy. They have had a tough start to the season. but um, And there's some chances. They get to play Jacksonville twice. They get to play Houston twice. So they're going to start getting some momentum once they get some divisional games. But they, they missed out on a, a game against Tennessee. But if they split with Tennessee, they'll be all right. So, yeah. anyway, I, I think there's still, there's still enough time but there is some doubt and, and concern for sure. Yeah. Um, real quickly, we'll go all the way back to Thursday. My Carolina Panthers, a, another nice win, 3-0. and uh, my, my, my thoughts on them remain the same as well. They still have to beat some legitimate teams. Um, you know, It was great to beat New Orleans, but they didn't have any coaches. So that was my, my big concern there. Houston, it was a, a backup quarterback. It was nice. It was fine. They did what they were supposed to do. Now you, you, you play without Christian McCaffrey. Mm. And thankfully... I'm a big fan of, of Chuba Hubbard and very love, good. Love that draft pick. He's going to at least keep things steady, but he's not the weapon that CMC is. Nobody is. He's, he's one of one in the, in the NFL when he's out there. Yeah. And so you're going to struggle uh, without him being there at certain points in the game um, because Hubbard just isn't that guy. But I think from a, a keeping the run game going, setting up Sam Darnold to then tap into his, three legit receivers, uh, they'll be okay. The, the, the Panthers are still going to be fine, and they're going to be in the mix this year. They're not an elite team. They're not like you know this 3-0 and unbelievable team, but the defense is elite. And when you have an elite defense, uh, even though J.C. Horn, our number one pick, just went down, which is concerning, but uh, just pulled off a trade to get another corner, which is nice. But, um, but anyway, I'm still encouraged by the Panthers, excited, and uh, 
We'll see how long but CMC actually is out. Panthers got to be an elite Cowboys team next week. Yes. So that, that's right. going to be that's going to be a tester. I am concerned about that one. I, I am concerned. So, so it, the last thing before we move on, I'm I'm in a dilemma tonight, Monday night game, mm-hmm. Cowboys Eagles. Do I opt away from the Manning brothers? Do I want to really buy in? Because we talked about this before. If you're kind of drained from the the weekend of football, you don't have your team playing. Manning Brothers, great thing to spice it up. But do I want to get the game broadcast, really dive into the play? I think so. I think so. Also, I have a slight problem with the Manning Brothers broadcast after watching it on numerous occasions now. I need more Eli and Peyton banter. I feel like there's this there's they're buying this pressure of we need to have another interview. Need to have another guest. Mm. Another guest. Guests are great. But the let's not undervalue the Peyton and Eli banter. Let's not undervalue them actually talking football X's and O's. We don't want to overcorrect and we oh, we just need personality and interviews. Let's get a little more X's and O's because they have awesome things to say, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, and I so I would even say I appreciate the X's and O's, but I I like the stories even more so. Stories are good. Like like what what really happened or what was really going on, you know, back in the day. But then especially when some of those stories affect teams or coaches that are that are playing now, that kind of gives you just a better picture of the NFL and, and, and the dynamics at play. That's what I've, I've, I've absolutely loved. And then some of the insight just to their minds as quarterbacks has been tremendous. Um, but oftentimes we'll get that in a regular broadcast as well. Now they're, they're elite and, and that's good. But, but when you listen to other games, you know, a lot of times these former players are, they're great. And they can give you some X and O stuff, but I still, I like the interviews and I like one per quarter. Um, I think that's the key. And, and then maybe down the stretch, especially in a tight game, you don't need an interview then. Now, it was nice yeah. when they had Russell Wilson. That probably worked out. But I, I don't think you need that. I, I think those two should carry it down the stretch in the game. So exactly. maybe we'll see that tonight. Exactly. I'll yep. be watching the Manning brothers. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Any last thoughts? Uh, here's, a, here's just something to kind of consider. Is Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers overrated? Because to me, I want to see more from this offense. And is it Jimmy Garoppolo? So is it truly, is he the problem? But I was disappointed watching San Francisco against the Packers. Um, I, I wanted to see I wanted to see more Kittle. I wanted to see, go back to Brandon Ayuk. Um, Got a touchdown. He did, Scored finally. Touchdown. So I, I was one of those guys to say not to give up on him. Um, but I just, to me, there's just something missing. I, 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 maybe it truly is Garoppolo, but I thought he made some big throws down the stretch. Because he kind of set themselves up for the win. He wasn't really the reason that they lost. But sometimes I'm just like, Shanahan gets so much hype. And it's like, they run all these little uh, in motion. And, and I, that was, they were talking about it during the game. It was kind of interesting. But maybe some of that stuff doesn't actually work. Like, they, to me, it's like, what are we doing here? Let, let's let some of these talented players on this team really shine. Yeah. And they've been barely putting up points in, in the last two weeks. Um, well, wasn't Shanahan supposed to be the new and improved Sean McVay? The, yeah, the just, move to young coaches, these offensive juggernauts. I don't I, know. I, yeah, I know. I know they're two and one. Or, yeah, two and one. They beat Detroit, um, and then they they squeaked one out. Who it's they just been, it's been 
to be if I was a Niners fan, it would be discouraging. I mean, after they lost the Super Bowl to Kansas City, which was a nail biter, the thought was, oh, they'll be back. Like they're they're going to really ramp up. True. We're still waiting for that a little bit, and I thought that too. I thought yeah. that too. Incredibly deep, well-rounded roster. I don't. We'll, we'll see. All right. Before I talk about the the wedding, I got a text from uh, listener Brady, podcast listener Brady, and he said that the the journey to in, and so he was at the Ryder Cup. The journey to ensure a seat in the stands for the first tee on Friday was like running with the bulls. But in pitch dark, fell once, <laughs> got stiff armed trying to get up, fell again, maybe a minute later, trying to go over some mounds. <laughs> Sent me pictures of a bloody leg, his wow. white pants totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. <laughs> so it was it was brutal. So what is, it, what is it a successful mission though? Did he make it? It looks like he, he said and then the next text, but made it. Oh, no, what a legend. He, no, he was good what to go. What a legend. The way to go, Brady. A couple yeah. injuries, but USA, yeah. USA. For, for Sunday singles, they don't tee off till like 11.30 Central Time. Gates open at 8.30. People are there at 6.15. It's truly, it's yeah, it's a sea of people. That's funny. Wow. Getting banged up, stiff-armed, running in the dark. What a legend making it, though. It is. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> so, this weekend, Saturday, I drove down to Georgia and went to my, my college roommate's uh, wedding and a- absolutely had a blast. So I've been to, I want to say like 40 weddings in my life. This was top five. So I went to, to one of the, the, the best weddings I've, I've been to. And let's it, quick pause. Yep. You had significant reservations going in. I did. So, so this is a major win. So having been to so many weddings over the years, I've developed some principles and philosophies to weddings. So one of them is I would rather go to a wedding in the summer, specifically July, when there are no sports to get in the way, right? So yep. so my friend decided, okay, maybe Saturday in the fall, September, my favorite month, especially for sports, let me do that. So Ryder Week, Ryder Cup weekend, yeah, college football, NFL. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so that's one. And then also, I prefer Saturday, you know, afternoon weddings in the summer. My buddy decided to do Sunday at 10 a.m. on a football Sunday. Mm. And and so, so there were some reservations, but it blew it out of the water. It was tremendous. Wow. So unique. It was, we had a beautiful day, beautiful setting. It was in the mountains. And everything was was fantastic. Um, so because it was breakfast, the, the spread, seasonal frittatas. We had uh, French toast concoction. Ooh, now we're there talking. Was, there was a coffee cart. This was like, so I had a pumpkin cappuccino. Uh, so this phenomenal. is what they're serving guests. Yes. Guests, you're getting breakfast and coffee. Yes. So let me just pause right there. Automatically incredible. Breakfast, by far the best meal of the day. I don't need another piece of chicken. I mean, how much chicken can I eat in my life? Seriously, exactly. I'm all chickened out. Yep. The breakfast, oh, wow. I- I'm salivating right now listening to this. This I is know. incredible. Yep. So uh, so that was great. And, and speaking of it being on Sunday, there was a moment during the, 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 the not while we were eating. So I got the prime spot next to the groom. 
So I'm sitting at the head table next to the wow. groom. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a big deal. So well, it was a, you were it, in the wedding, correct? I was a groomsman, but he did not select a best man. However, interesting. by the end of the weekend, I was the de facto best man. It was never spoken. Ooh. It was never spoken. However, who was the first groomsman next to him in line at the, during the ceremony? That, that was me. Who mm. sat next to him during the, the meal? That was me. And then who gave the only uh, toast? That was me. Wow. So I, if I didn't know any better, I, I was the best man without getting the title. Interesting. So, so how should I feel about that? I didn't get the title. But Ooh. titles aren't everything. It's, it's more about action. So I was there for the action. But anyway, so I'm sitting next to him during, during the meal. And I said, have you checked your fantasy lineup? <laughs> mm. And he, he pulled out his phone and actually started doing his fantasy lineup. And then his new, his brand new wife goes, Bryce, what are you doing? Stop. No, you can't be looking at your fantasy lineup during a wedding. <laughs> Wait, so she's saying that to you or the, or the groom's name is well, Bryce? To, no, to me, to me, she was yelling at me while also yelling at Scott. Yes. So, so it was, uh, so then he handed me the phone. So then I was in a predicament because Ooh. he goes, here, change my lineup. Well, I'm in the same league as him. Why, mm. why would I change his lineup? So <laughs> I did, I was willing to do, I did like one move for him. And then I was like, hey, you, you can pick up some players. And so I just slid over the phone and said, hey, pick up who you want because you have an empty roster spot. So, so that was my, you know, a little bit of kindness, but not too much strategic so you didn't, help. you didn't sabotage him. No, which I, I could have done because, oh, here you go. Here's my lineup. I didn't even think of that. But you, you went to the sabotage. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an animal. I was the de facto best man. You can't be doing that. So, so, uh, so I got a little fantasy in there. So no best man. Interesting. Yep. I've, never, I've, never, I've never seen that. I know. It was so, unique. Everything was unique about this wedding, and that's what made it so awesome. Was there any internal struggle, any unsaid competition between the groomsmen on, on uh, uh, climbing that mountain to become the best man? That, see, that's a good point. Now, it was a combination of high school friends and college friends. Ooh. So that's that's what, and then uh, maybe a brother-in-law type of thing. Hmm. So the, you know, you don't expect them. They're kind of the the default part of the the wedding party type. That's of thing. That's right. They're they're the they're the automatic pick. So so two high school friends versus three college friends. So we already had the advantage there, and of being you being a high school friend. I was a college friend. This was college, a college friend. Recency college bias. Me. College friend typically does have have advantage. Well, but then the, the high school has the history, so you knew them longer. Um, but, but yeah, so the, I was already scheduled to give my speech during the ceremony. So the other two guys had their chance during the rehearsal dinner. One chose to give a, a speech and it ended up being pretty good. He landed it, uh, but it still didn't push him to the top, to the top of the list. It wasn't enough. And then the other guy didn't give a, a speech. Um, so there was some underlying competition, but ultimately there was no competition. Wait, so you but, spoke at the wedding or the rehearsal dinner? At the wedding. At the wedding. The and that line. was scheduled by him. That was scheduled. I got the, the heads up. Hey, okay. I'm counting on you to do a speech. I was like, okay, okay. That, that sounds good. Now, the problem is my buddies that have known me for a while and know that, you know, I'm radio and I speak and preach. And so I, I'm fine with a microphone. I, I like a good microphone, right? So hmm. I'm fine doing a speech. But see, then the pressure is always on me. Hmm. They're like counting on me to, oh, you got to come up with something. You're used to speaking, so you should be able to do something, you know, something entertaining and good. So then I go in with all this pressure. So I'm sitting there trying to eat the seasonal frittata and my little cappuccino with the pumpkin flavor. 
And I'm thinking, oh, I got to come through on this. And then I got to I got to finally seal the deal that I am the best man today. So so anyway, I, I, I brought it, brought it, brought it home. I brought it, brought a pretty good, good speech. And I felt, yeah, I felt excited about it. So it was cool. Did you err on more, more genuine speech or more? I've got to get the people laughing. So somebody brought this up to me afterward. And I think they were exactly right. The key to a good toast at the end, you know, during a wedding is you can't go too inside joke and too personal. You have to make the toast um, attainable for the crowd. If you really want to get the crowd into it and, and add to the wedding. Now, if you have something personal that you want to share, just write a note, write a letter, you know, write an encouragement, you know, to that individual, the bride or groom. That's fine. Yeah. But for a toast, this is for the entire wedding. That's right. It's not for you. It's not, it's not even necessarily for the, the guy getting married. It's for the people in attendance. It, it's it's to add and celebrate, you know, and, and yes. all that kind of thing. So I told some funny stories that, that that revealed the character of Scott and what he was all about. And he, he's a guy who recycles and sings in the shower and all these kinds of things. So I told all these funny <laughs> stories. Um, and, and so, recycles? What's <laughs> yeah, are you anti recycling? <laughs> oh man, this this guy over here, he recycles. Can you believe that? What's what's funny about recycling? <laughs> I'm not gonna get into my whole speech here, but but the bottom line is. We lived with seven guys in college, and there was no recycle service that mm. came to our house. And so in college, I, I was not going to make the effort of recycling. Like that wasn't – I wasn't going to go out of my way to, to recycle. So we would just throw things in the trash that, that could have been recycled, hmm. and Scott would go into the trash to pull out the recyclable Ooh. items. He would collect them. And I think he would put them in his room or maybe he left them in the kitchen, but hmm. he would set them out and then he would actually take them to the recycling plant or wherever you take recyclable items. So he was the actual service. So anyway, so I, I told him that, okay. I told the crowd that, that he was willing to sacrifice <laughs> okay. and he's just revealed a little bit about him. He's a great guy. Scott's like one of the best. So, um, so anyway, but, but the key to a good uh, speech and, and toast is you want to have some funny stories, get a little laughter, you know, maybe shed a tear, get emotional and, and bring the crowd into it. So I had mm. some audience interaction, raise your hand and that kind of thing. So if you my, ever my last question is how did you navigate the dance floor? Oh, Cause you, man. you, it was a solo mission. You didn't have the crutch of dancing with daughters, dancing with your daughters. So you doesn't matter what you're doing. You're always going to be, Oh, he's out there dancing with his daughters. Impossible to fail there, but it's a solo mission. You didn't have your troops with you. So how did you navigate that? <laughs> um, so anyway, I, uh, you know what I don't like coming into a wedding? When, they, when the DJ announces the wedding party and always gets the order wrong, it's not always his fault, but somehow along the way, like you always know, all right, coming in next, you got groomsman Steve. And it's <laughs> it, Jim comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that always happens. And so, but then they like, hey, this girl that you have no idea who it is, you just got paired with, you know, one of the bridesmaids, one of the sisters. It's like, hey, yeah. come come dance, you know, as you enter into the ceremony, do some kind of dance, right? Have you been a part of weddings where they tell you to, to dance and you do this like awkward, like you're holding on to each other. So you really can't move, but you don't want to fully dance with the person because you just met them. Um, yeah, definitely. So I did, yeah. So I got caught into that. So I don't like that. So I got the awkward. <laughs> yeah, we're dancing. Hey, everybody, where's the groomsmen? Hey. So that happened. But then 
Scott, right before this, he goes, hey, guys, Kelly and I are going to do our choreographed dance, you know, the first dance. And then at the end of the song, all of the wedding party is going to come out to the dance floor and we're all going to dance together. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right, fine, fine. If that's your wish, we'll do it. Yeah. And so I just kind of mentally was like, all right, I'm going to go all in on this. I had no idea what the song was going in. And then even as it played, it was a, a, a true hip hop song to say the least. And I'm goofy. So I went out and was very goofy dancing to the hip hop song in the middle. And because again, I was kind of elevated as the best man. I had to carry it. So I was carrying the, the awkward everybody in the center of the, of the uh, dance so- floor. I'm just There's trying to get a mental image here. Are, are you more the Elaine from Seinfeld route? Do you dance like Elaine? Or do you are you kind of the foot-tapping guy with arms crossed on beat? Or is the whole body just going crazy? So I had – normally I'm, I'm goofy, just, hey, tap, simple, you know. I'll only go out for the slow dance songs. <laughs> but, um, but, but because I – you know, I've been trapped in my house for the last you know month or two, newborn baby, and, and so it's been family time. So I was like let loose for, for I got one night out. I got one mm. night out. But this was a you know, this was a Sunday morning, and so I was all hocked up on coffee. So I was feeling good on so with some coffee, that cappuccino, the pumpkin cappuccino. So I was willing to to let loose and have some fun, uh, thanks to the caffeine. So I I more so than normal, I'll put it that way. More dancing than normal. Gotcha. So that was pretty cool. However, so with all that said, I have to I have to get this off my chest. It was a wonderful wedding. Happy for my friend. One of the coolest things they did, they had a bounce house for adults. So we, we did a bounce house, which was really fun. But here's the wow. negative slide of, of the day. They had a dog. There was a dog in the wedding. Now, mm. many of you listening, you, you're dog owners. You love dogs. Dogs are the <laughs> best. They're, they're man's best friend. Well, guess what? <laughs> I am allergic to dogs. Ooh. Sadly, I don't, I don't like dogs because I can't be around dogs. You can't be around something. You know, if you don't like them, you, you, you can't be around. If you can't be around them, you don't like them. And so I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. They brought a dog to the wedding. And not only did they bring him to the wedding, they put him in the wedding. He carried the ring down the aisle. Interesting. And then, so even though I got you know, promoted to top groomsmen, they thought that it would be okay for the dog to sit right near me or stand, yeah, sit near me as I'm standing in the mm. hot sun. And I'm thinking, oh, no, now I'm going to start sneezing. And I remember mouthing during the ceremony, this is my nightmare. <laughs> so hopefully people knew that I was talking about the dog and not you know, this wonderful <laughs> Who did you mouth it to? Ceremony. I think to the other groomsmen, like, this is my nightmare. Because okay. my college buddies know that I, I can't handle dogs. Huh. Um, so, so that was unfortunate. The, uh, the dog situation was, was rough. Uh, but anyway, I, I survived. I thankfully did not sneeze. Uh, allegedly okay. a hypoallergenic dog. So it was good. Hmm. I, I made it through. But, uh, but anyway, great day. Tremendous. And uh, thrilled to, uh, to be a part of it. It was fun to get, get away for, for, a, for a night and then back at it last night. Back with the, the, the daughters and, and Jody. So Interesting. Uh, so there you go. Now we'll get Monday Night Football tonight. Yeah. Um, Let's say a quick hello to Henry as we wrap things up. Um, two final things to, to discuss. Tonight's game, Dallas and Philly. Luke's a Cowboys fan. So, uh, Luke, are you confident tonight? 
Philly, kind of one of this one of these teams, kind of a mystery team, I would say at this point. Um, and then uh, I would say next weekend, as we already prepare the game that we'll hype up all week: New England and Tampa Bay. Yes, Tom Brady's triumphant return to New England. Uh, right, it's in New England. I think it's in New England. Um, and so I can't wait for that. So I here's my my quick take on the Belichick Brady situation. I believe that Belichick made Tom Brady who he is. However, once he was established as that, then Brady took it from there. And and it became and Brady became who he was made like who who Belichick made him to be. And then he's like, "All right, I'm good. This is this is the type of player I'm going to be, and I'm going to keep getting better and he worked at it." But I do not believe Brady would have gotten to this level if it wasn't for Belichick. So, the idea and I'm a big Brady guy, love what he's doing in Tampa Bay. Uh, but I still, I, I always give give credit to to Belichick. So there you go, Henry. How you doing, man? Great, great job. Uh, sorry, we're, we're just bringing you in now. I, I went long on the uh, on the wedding stories. <laughs> no, nah, no worries, boys. Let's get to let's get right to it. So along those lines, guys, of the Brady versus Belichick game next week, Belichick is on record saying that he actually never wanted Brady to leave. You guys buying that? No, I, I think Belichick was ready to move on like that. That's what I believe. I think he was all right. We don't know how many more years with Brady. Let, let's transition. And now's the now's the time to to build the, the next era of the Patriots, which is surprising to me that Belichick wants to continue to coach. I, it it would have made sense for him to just ride it out with Brady and then them both be done together. That would have been best case scenario. But um, yeah, I think at that toward the end, there, there was the, the tension and. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. Uh, everything that seemed to be reported, it made it seem like they wanted to part ways. Maybe it was ego. Maybe they both wanted to prove they could do it without the other. But I wouldn't go so far as saying uh, they both wanted to stay together. I, w- I would say it's more they wanted to depart versus remain together. I agree. I, I personally think that Tom Brady was out the door as soon as they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. So. A little, little Aaron Rodgers situation. Exactly. And uh, one more tap for you. Uh, we got tonight's game. We've got the Dallas Cowboys. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles. I personally have no skin in the game because I hate both of them. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask you who you got for the game. I'm going to ask you this. Which team needs this win more? The Dallas Cowboys trying to establish themselves as an elite team or the Philadelphia Eagles trying to get the Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, excuse me, Carson Wentz stench off of them. Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful question, actually. I think Cal, I think the Cowboys are in a position to be a really good team. They should be the team that wins this division, goes to the playoffs. They've got so many weapons. This is their season. This is their chance. They have a Super Bowl winning coach uh, who's now in his second season. So the expectations are high, and you got to win these games early in the season, national TV, Monday Night Football, the Manning cast. It's it's go time. Philadelphia, it's a young quarterback, second year. It's a first-year head coach. Tons of young wide receivers. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders has been there for a few years. Um, so – to me, they're still learning, growing, developing. If they play tough and, and, and continue to show improvement, to me, that's, the, that's where Philadelphia is at. Now, fans in Philadelphia just want to win, win, win. But I, I think 
I think Dallas needs needs the win. It would mean more to them uh, in their pursuit of uh, of a successful season. Uh, it is. It would be far more negative for Dallas to lose than positive for the Eagles to win. Yeah, that's fair. Because if Dallas loses this, it's it's going to be the beginning of disaster. <laughs> because <laughs> one loss. And and I well because to to lose to the Eagles, to be to be one and two. On a season that you clearly fav- the favorite to win a bad division, and it's the East is a bad division. Because you have to win this game, you cannot lose to a division rival in a season where you should you confidently should win the division. This is a must win. It should be a statement win for Dallas if they lose. Gosh, that's so concerning. That's that's really bad. All right, who gets more yards tonight, Zeke or Tony Pollard? Ooh. more total I, yards. Total yards. I don't know. I, I I will say Zeke because I haven't. It doesn't seem to be the case where Dallas keeps going to the well for Pollard. As much as I want them to, a good totally a good Tony Pollard game doesn't seem to repeat itself. Oh, we're going to go back to Pollard. I don't know. I wish they would. I just feel like historically it's going to be Zeke. All right, Henry, before we go, uh, your Giants lost to a bad Falcons team yesterday. I got to listen to it on the radio, though. What a treat. Um, so uh, is it the sky falling, falling for the Giants? Is this it? I don't think the sky is falling quite just yet, but I will tell you this. It's kind of hard to admit the fact that the best New York team right now hasn't even played yet, and that's the New York Knicks. <laughs> they, haven't even, they haven't even started their season yet, and they're already the best team in New York. Yeah. It's, it's I, mean, I mean, the Mets are out of the playoffs. The Yankees, um, although they have the, the top spot in the wild card chase right now, they just, they just came off of a sweep in Boston, which was fine. They still have to go through Toronto, who, who's chasing them, for a wild card spot. And of course, they still have to go up against the defending American League champions, the Tampa Bay Rays, to finish out the season. So I don't see, uh, it's not a good outlook for the Yankees. And like I said, the Mets are out of it already. If you want to go to hockey, the Rangers haven't been good since 1994. So right now, and I'm not really a Brooklyn fan, even though I'm from Brooklyn, I don't like KD, I don't like Kyrie, I barely like Blake Griffin. So the best team in New York right now hasn't even gotten on the court yet. So is the sky falling? No, but don't be surprised if I show up with a raincoat and umbrella next week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I feel like I've been consistent with my uh, concern with the Giants. So I, I think it's, it's trouble, trouble in New York. However, Saquon looked better. Saquon did look better. So Saquon looked better, and of course, another game with uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones didn't look bad at all. But the problem is, is the fact that the rest of the team is so undisciplined. It's not the fact that they lost; they're making crucial and stupid mistakes. And for once, it's not coming from the quarterback position. But of course, he'll get the blame. Hmm. Yeah, that is always interesting. He, he's not the reason they're losing, but I, I still can he be a winner in the NFL? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Best case scenario, he's, he's Kirk Cousins, but I'm not sure if that's even the, the trajectory. Hey, Kirk Cousins got two, got two guaranteed contracts back-to-back, so if Strong. he becomes Kirk Cousins, then, hey, he ain't doing too bad. 
No, the financial side's pretty pretty strong there for Kirk. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. Well, great job. That was fun. Enjoy being with you. Uh, thanks for all your help. Thanks, everybody, listening today here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. There will be doubts at times. We'll have tough days. And like we talked about earlier, there, there will be those, those seasons and waves of doubt. But let's continue to turn to him and trust him and rely on him and find our strength and peace and joy in him. And so uh, be encouraged and God loves you. And we'll talk soon right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.